Welcome to The Bridge, the official podcast for the University of Maryland Baltimore School of Pharmacy Patients Program. The Patients Program is the bridge between the community and researchers. The Patients Program created this partnership to help researchers listen to the community's voice in order to build a bridge to an effective learning healthcare community. Here's your host, Rodney Elliott. Good afternoon, everyone. I'm Rodney Elliott, Community Engagement Specialist over here at the Patients Program, and welcome to The Bridge. Today, we are excited to have two guests, two partners, two friends of the Patients Program joining us to talk about a project that they worked heavily on. Um, our first guest is Ms. Erica Lewis. She is uh, Assistant Professor at University of Maryland School of Social Work, um, has a passion for working with children, families, uh, particularly in that parenting space. And I also learned that she's an avid gamer. So we may have a question or two about her love for games. Um, that may come up later on as well. And uh, another guest, friend of the Patients Program is Howard Hughes. He is a financial advisor during the day, but a community leader in West Baltimore, Southwest Partnership in his off time. I want to thank you guys both for joining us today on The Bridge. The project that we're going to be talking about initially, or primarily today, is going to be the co-driven project, which is a project between the Patients Program and the Southwest Partnership. They co-developed the co-driven project to provide five learning sessions about patient-centered outcomes research and how the community can have an active role in health, in health research. Um, I'm going to jump right in and get the question, the first question to uh, Erica and ask Erica, what was your role uh, in the co-driven project, Erica? Okay, so I was a part of the advisory board, and so it was really nice to be there with researchers and community leaders such as is Howard, uh, and we came together and we were just giving our thoughts on materials and other things that were going to be a part of the the training sessions. And so I was there to listen and learn, really. I, I learned so much from this project. <laughs> there to listen and learn. Yeah. Howard, in your all time, again, like I mentioned earlier, your community leader, how was it being in a meeting with Dr. Lewis and did she listen and learn? <laughs> I think it was, all, it was an all around thing because I was listening and learning myself. And learning about how research starts, begins, and works in between, mm -hmm. and things of that nature was uh, very enlightening and, and, and interesting as well. Um, so it, in all, it, it's really a encompassing thing on, on watching how the professionals like Dr. Lewis works and, and the individuals such as myself and the community works within the program. That's great to hear because here at the Patients Program, we always try to provide spaces where our community members and where our doctors and researchers can all get together and have conversations around health issues that are um, important to both, to both sides, to the researcher's side and also to the community side. So the CC was a big part in that, the Community Engagement Center, where we hosted a couple of those focus groups where uh, Erica and Howard got together along with other researchers and uh, community leaders, and they talked about well, talk about issues that are important to the community. And um, this leads me to my next question. Um, how I'm going to start with you as a community member. Did you feel as though you had the space and you had the time to share your thoughts in a, in a, in, in a safe space at the CC with other members? 
Uh, yeah, I, I thought it was a, a great venue and a great opportunity and the time allotted was, was good. You know, it could always be more, but <laughs> again, the attention span is always uh, uh, an issue uh, with people, you know, trying to get, get in this bit of time and this bit of space to, to learn about things, but it was a good venue. Uh, everybody was heard, it, it, which is the most important thing. Everybody that, that spoke was heard and it was discussed. So I would say it was a win-win. We talk a lot about being being heard. I know a lot of community members that I come in, involved with out in the community, they talk about, yes, they want their opinions heard and they want them heard in a safe space. And I know the Patients Program, we try to do a good job of sharing some of those topics um, that are important to us that we understand helps bridge that gap helps um the community members learn from the lens of the researchers and doctors and reverse the doctors and community members learn uh from the doctors learn from the community members perspective um erica when we talked about the 10-step framework when we talked about patient centers outcome research and um the research process as far as engagement principles um, did you feel as though you had an opportunity to, to to share and also learn with the community members during those focus groups? Uh, yeah, and I and I have to say it's the way that the the meetings were set up. Okay. So I think it starts with the structure um, and building that environment so that people felt comfortable to share. So it wasn't you know, us coming in and introducing each other or introducing ourselves to each other and talking about degrees or what we did here or there, but it was really around how do we all, how do we all come together? What shared interests do we have? What shared um, thoughts and feelings do we have? And I loved having that space uh, for that. Also starting at each meeting, which I think this is something that the patients program does as well, which I, I've seen in the patients program, which I, I loved was starting with a story. Mm -hmm. I mean, hearing from community members, it really just set the pace for the rest of the meeting, um, that it wasn't going to be all buttoned up and, and stuffy, but we were really going to, we're going to talk about real things that matter to everyone. And so it just opened up the environment to learn um, and to grow from one another. When we talk about meeting the community where they are, that's exactly what we mean, just that. And I know when I first started with the patients program um, as an engagement specialist, uh, I thought that I had to go out to the community with the lab coat, with the clipboard and the glasses on and my ID and, you know, be ready to write information down. That's the stuffiness that we tried to avoid that I knew right away it wasn't going to work. So when I'm out and about in the community, um, I'm meeting the community where they are and I'm being just that. I'm Rodney Elliott. Um, I, I do have my degree, but, you know, I don't have my degree blasted everywhere. You don't have to call me doctor or mister or none of that. You know, um, it's simple opportunity for me to meet you where you are so you can feel comfortable uh, or the setting, I would say, so to speak, is a comfortable setting where everybody can share. Howard, from your perspective, um, what type of impact do you think a setting like that can have for the community, for the people who um, live in West Baltimore? Is that a safe setting? Do you think that setting was 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 productive, I should say? Well, I'll write off of what Erica said in regards to the atmosphere of not so much as throwing out, I'm a doctorate of bioscience, blah, 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 blah. More so, we're here to talk about this and go right in, kind of go into it. Um, that's important for the community members to feel as though, okay, I'm not being talked down to. More so, I'm being talked with or to. 
Okay. Um, and, and engaging. I mean, I think that's important uh, because you you kind of, especially in West Baltimore, the participation that is desired is important, but more so it needs to be more participation. The participation we get is great, but it's only a small fraction of what, what is needed as a whole to bring in, to really uh, engage the community. I totally get that. Um, you know, when I go out to the community and uh, whether it's for an event or whether it's just to support one of the events, they ask me always, ask, one of the things they ask me is when you're coming back or when's the next one. So um, when you have a good product or when you have a setting where folks can share, um, they want that more and more again. Um, I'm sure uh, that's something that the leaders in the co-driven project definitely have taken note of. And I know we have some upcoming um, uh, dissemination opportunities to give the information back to the community of what we learned during that process. Um, if either you can take this next question and kind of give me a, 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 a or give the listeners a, a view of what some of those focus groups was like. Um, any highlights of the focus group where you heard something from the community and it either um, a light bulb went off or it kind of, you know, um, you know, sparked a conversation because I know when we get around some of our community members and they have opportunity to grab the mic or, or share their opinion, they do just that. Um, was there something in some of those focus groups that stood out to you? Anybody can go first, either one. I would I would say that I I really appreciated the the feedback uh, that we received at the end of the focus groups that then the co-driven the advisory board came together and talked about and it was uh, things around yes we like to hear about research we like to hear about how research is going to impact our community uh, but just like how we're saying we need to see more and we want to be involved uh, more involved so that it's not happening to us but that we are a part of it. Um, and so I think that was one of the, the biggest takeaways is that co-driven should be how we do research in um, just in life, how we do research in general, which should be collaborative. Erica, do you think some of your colleagues can benefit from participating in situations like this? And, you know, um, I, I see you're smiling. Folks can't see us, but we're recording via Zoom. But how, how do you think some of your other colleagues can benefit from opportunities like this, like, like a co-driven project? Yes, yes, and yes. I think <laughs> colleagues, researchers, anybody could really benefit from this because it, um, I think it humbles us as researchers. Mm. We're coming in, we, you know, we have this education, we, we have this passion to, to make changes, but we think we know everything. Um, and so in our quest, I think um, sometimes to, um, to do the research and, and to be of use that we are silencing those who we say that we want to work with and that we want to um, help. And so I think this type of program um, coming in, knowing that you have to, you can't just say that you're about it. You have to be about it. Um, you have to be there. You have to show up. You have to be collaborative. I think this is just a, a great lesson for, um, for researchers near and far. Thank you for that. And Howard, I'm sitting here reading off of uh, the, um, give back material that we're going to share with some of the co-driven participants and some of the results from that project um, are bulleted saying that we build new relationships for future work. That's something that um, came out of the focus groups. Designing research from the community's view. 
give the community control in the research process. Help patients be active partners in their healthcare and return results in an understandable way. These are things that, these are the feedback that we got from the community members. Um, Howard, which one of those stood out to you or you would mind maybe, you know, giving us a little bit more deeper dive into, uh, you know, as far as some of the results that came from those focus groups? I think the one you hit on was having um, community engage in controlling what what the research does. Give the community control in the research process. Right. Uh, Because during those meetings, a lot of people, again, were not aware of how the research works or they had the misconception from past, uh, like the Tuskegee experiment or uh, with things that happened at John Hopkins. You know, they hear about these things and then it's passed down, but they don't really know until they sat down and went through oh, this is what actually, you know, is happening. And this is how it works. It, well, it's how this is how it should work. How it should work. And, you know, this is how, it, you know, it would probably be done if given to the community and presented to the community in that fashion. And it, it, it was re- received very well. Like you, you were going over those, those answers. It, it really is about how the community wants to participate and wants to interject in how the research is, is, is done and and proceeds into the future. Erica, do you want to comment on that? I was going to say word, facts, preach. <laughs> Amen. I want to say all of that. I, I agree. Like it. Yeah, there's just more control um, over the process and which I think is important. Um, and also how it how the information is getting out there. So the research is conducted. Now, how are you communicating it uh, with the community? And so I think that's really important as well. Yeah, that's a huge highlight. I know early on when I started, when I got to the community and I'd say the quote unquote R word, the research word, community members typically freeze up on me or they, you know, close up. Um, But when I get to explain it to them that research is that doesn't always have to involve, you know, a specimen. It doesn't have to involve always a swab or, or taking your blood or anything like that or, or giving you a pill. We're talking about focus groups. We're talking about discussions because we believed early on to recognize early on that um, community members' lived experiences is just as important as all the education and time so the researchers and doctors put into their craft as well. So you need both. You need those lived experiences and you need the professionals to, um, you know, uh, structure and um, talk about the process, about how they can come to a better solution, to a different solution, to more than just one solution. One pill doesn't fit every problem. One template doesn't fit every neighborhood, as we know, because we work with a lot of neighborhoods in West Baltimore. And I can tell you what, you can go to one side of Martin Luther King and you go two, three blocks down. It's a whole different vibe there. So you have to be aware of that. And if you have your lab coat on and your clipboard and your eyeglass and you stay in these buildings on the other side of uh, Martin Luther King, you just might not get that feel. So I love when I hear Erica Lewis and Howard Hughes getting together over to CC and other colleagues talking about different projects because that lets me know that the impact that um, after these meetings, after these focus groups uh, are going to be huge and going to be substantial from both sides. Um, We're almost coming towards the end. I just wanted to ask both of y'all, starting with um, Erica, what do you think the impact of events like Code Driven can have on um, the research world? 
Yeah, I think major impacts. I think it shows the importance of relationship building and how we that has to be center in all of the projects. Um, it shows how uh, how far research can actually reach um, and impact others if you know we're building relationships, if we're getting feedback, and we're collaborating with the community, and if we continue working with community um, to to disseminate the findings. I think it's it's really important. And I think one of the impacts is, um, I think the research being more trustworthy mm. um, and there's that accountability factor that it's been vetted uh, yep. by the community. They've had their input. Um, and, and so I think that's really, really important on top of networking, just this these opportunities to connect. Those are definitely highlighted on the forum as well, talking about that, building relationships, building that trustworthy and networking. Um, Howard, what are the next steps for the community members? What are the next steps for the patients program, you know, from, from your lens? You participated in a couple projects with us, but um, I think now you have a grasp of who the patients program is, how we are and what we do and how we maneuver. But um, you've been very vital to helping us uh, connect with that Southwest partnership. So. Um, what would be the next steps in, in your eyes or some of the next steps in your eyes going forward when it comes to uh, co-driven project or just br bridging that gap between research and the community in general? Well, I think just continued uh, communication uh, is, is the key to that. Uh, just recently with uh, on this side of town in, in West Baltimore with the uh, E. coli scare, um, I got a number of calls uh, from some community, Howard, can they do research on this, on how this affects the community, blah, blah, blah. You know, so it it, it, it really piques the interest now of those who have came to those meetings and, and further uh, uh, entices them to ask more questions. You know, like I said, they, they were like, well, Howard, what can we do to get, you know, more research in, you know, with the water and how it affects everybody with the lead and you know the kids and all those things come you know are, are coming all those questions are coming into place now that i don't think would have ha would have happened had we not had these these meetings with the community with code um and i think just continued uh communication and mm -hmm. also just um more information given to the community back and forth uh, and, and be transparent with that with that information is, is key because that's the main thing is how a lot of the community on the west side of town feels as though they are not being heard by the city with this water issue uh, because of how serious it, it is so I think, that, I think it's just important to have that communication uh, continue. The line of communication is definitely important. That bridge to communication is definitely important. Yeah. See how I did that? The bridge to the communication? Yeah, I caught it. I caught it. <laughs> and I liked it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we definitely, um, you guys have participated again, like in numerous projects. Uh, both of you guys are a phone call or email away. So on behalf of the patients program, I appreciate you guys always uh, being available for us, schedule permitting. Um, earlier in this summer, you both participated and uh, were a guest at the Patients Day at the Community Engagement Center. And um, taking a quick flashback back to that day, Erica, as you were a guest there, 
um, one of the questions or feedback, so to speak, from the audience was talking about um, going to therapy. And if I remember correctly, you kind of sat up in your chair and you and you and you wanted to comment a little bit um, intently about that. Um, not specifically connected to co-driven, but I think it's still connected in some way because mental health is important. And um, I want to ask you that question again and and and, and pop it to you as slide it to you as well, Howard. Like how important it is to seek therapy? Because I think that was just the exact question. Like, should we go to therapy? That was one of the questions from the audience members. Therapy is so important and so useful. And I think that you can uh, participate in therapy before a problem occurs. It can be seen as, as uh, a source of, of prevention. And it's, I think I was saying um, at the last event uh, that it's really uh, one of your only opportunities where you have someone who's dialed in just for you, um, an objective uh, sounding board. Um, and, and I think it's just, it's really important. And it's one of those things that we say, we always say self-care, self-care, self-care. These are one of the things that um, you're doing that's really investing in you um, so that you can be of, of service and, um, and really enjoy all aspects of your life because you're able to, you know, a bit more about yourself. You know that you're putting your mental health, um, you're setting it as a priority. And I think that you will see it in other areas of your life. Um, when you are mentally healthy and when you do have these avenues such as therapy to um, to be able to just to continue to grow. Yeah, I was actually in the gym the other day having a conversation with a, um, I'm not going to say he's a friend, but I've seen him in the gym a lot and he's talking about, you know, lifting weights and then going to get a massage and massage his muscles and he even just broke out in conversation saying, yeah, I'm also going to go to therapy too because I treat the brain like a muscle as well. And when you look at it from that perspective or think at it from that perspective, if you put a lot of tension and stress on your body when it comes to working out, staying in shape, you're going to need some, you know, relaxation needed for um, your muscles. That's a massage. We all have a lot of stress and, 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 and friction on our brain and going that back to have an opportunity to, and on our heart in general. So have an opportunity to bounce stuff off of folks who is 100% dialed in on you. I think it's just as important. So, yeah, I just wanted to ask that question because I knew you, that was a highlight of Patience Day and um, I wanted to give you the opportunity to get into elaborate on that as well. And Howard, from your perspective, you know, on Patience Day, that's another day and opportunity for us to, again, bridge that gap and stay connected with our community. Hopefully that, that's going to be an annual thing for us at the Patience Program. And we've even, even had conversations with the, um, uh, or the, the leaders over there, the CC to have more events um, uh, on a consistent basis over there at the CC. So um, what are some of the events you think that we can have at the CC that can be beneficial to the um, community members over there in West Baltimore? Well, um, like you all were just talking about the therapies, the uh, to talk about uh, mental issues and things of that nature. I mean, that, that being such a, uh, a hot point in generations under I'm considered an old head so therapy <laughs> and and diagnosis of things ah well you'll be all right just go go run go out, run and play or put dirt on it you'll be okay <laughs> you know? yeah. that, that mentality is, is, is what I grew up on however you see more and more like you all said there are spaces that you can go to to talk about what's going on 
um, just to, like you said, relax the, the, the mental muscle, so mm -hmm. to speak, and, and to work on it and to strengthen it. So those type of things um, can be brought to the table more uh, in, in, in event wise on how you, I guess, uh, how you, how are you feeling type of event or, you know, let's talk about an event, you know, wow. you know, okay. tea and tea and talk or chat and chew, you know, so, so those type of things to really uh, help uh, along those lines. Thank you, Howard, for sharing that. And um, I'm gonna take a book out of our executive director's um, uh, toolbox, so to speak, Dr. Mullins, when an idea is brought up or something, you know, thought-provoking is brought up, he definitely revisits that person and gets a little bit more insight on it. So Howard, I'll definitely be in contact with you a little bit more to hear a little bit more about chat and chew, tea and talk. I like that. and. Um, you know, uh, we have resources here that maybe can provide an opportunity in the space for that. I think it'd be beneficial to the community. And uh, thank you both for joining me here on the bridge on our space where we just try to stay connected to our community and our research world as much as we can. Um, it's always been a pleasure when I see you guys, uh, when I see an email with your name on it. Thanks again for all your participation in the Patience Program. And thank you for joining me today on the bridge. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Thank you for listening to The Bridge Podcast. To learn more about the Patience Program, visit our website at www.patience.umaryland.edu.